Good morning, everybody. Man, that was awesome. That was good. Heart surgery this morning. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of reminded me, I just kept remembering this truth, you know, out of all creation, you know, God spoke everything into existence, right? But there was one thing that he made with his hands. You guys know what I'm talking about? What did he make with his hands? What's the one thing he made, not with just his voice, but with his hands? Us, yes. Why? Why do you think he chose out of all creation to make us with his hands? He made us in his image, but what? it's intimate. That's that purpose that Josh was singing about, that one thing. We were designed and formed to fit his hand. Nothing else will satisfy. There's purpose in that. It wasn't by accident. And um, there's a lot of things that God, when he formed us, that he, he kind of put in us to need, first off, need him. And, and I feel like uh, this morning, he wants to talk about another thing that, uh, that he's created us to need, and that was fellowship with one another. This is kind of a kickoff for, you know, Alani was talking about home groups. You know, we took a break for July. We take a break in July and December for our home groups. Um, but we're going to be kicking them back up here in August. And we'll give more details about it a little bit later. But, um, you know, about, gosh, when we first, when we had this started, this church started, I'm going to grab a chair. Hold on. <laughs> when we first started this church, um, Gosh, 2000, in the early 2000s, I guess. My wife and I, we came here in probably 2005 or six. Gosh, has it been that long? And we were just, you know, doing the work here and, and, and God was doing awesome stuff. And then probably around 2010, God started showing me these numbers, this like pattern of numbers everywhere I went. And, um, it was 222. I saw 222 everywhere. I remember I saw. I woke up in the morning, in the middle of the night. It was 222. I remember pumping gas during this time. It was all happened within like a couple of weeks. I saw 220, the 222 a gallon. I mean, I saw it everywhere. I looked at my 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 watch or my my phone. I saw 222. And I was like, okay, Lord, this is that burning bush. Okay, I need to turn aside here. Remember, we talk about that. You're talking. You're saying something here. Lord, what are you, what are you saying with 2.22? And I was just spending time with him. And he said, read Ephesians 2.22. And uh, so I read it. And I'm going to read it to you guys here. And it says, in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And uh, I was just like, "Whoa, okay, that's that's pretty cool. That's a cool scripture, Lord. What are you What are you trying to say through this?" And He says, "I want you to start home groups because I'm building my church." And Lisa, if you're where did Lisa go? She just gave me a word like five seconds ago that He's building His church. It's pretty awesome. Um, God wants to build His church, and He does it with people. And He specifically was talking about one of the strategies for doing that is home groups—a real practical way for us to be built together, for His Holy Spirit to dwell in the midst of our relationships. So the Holy Spirit will move in power and love in the midst of our relationships. And um, so I was like, "All right, Lord!" And then all of a sudden, I saw this picture of kind of the region, and it was like New Hanover County, Brunswick County, Pender County, even the Onslow a little up there. And I just saw all these nets like all over the map. And I'm like, Lord, what is this? You know, what, what am I seeing here? And he's saying, these are the home groups that I'm placing, that I'm planting over this region. And I'm like, well, why are they nets? And he said, they're going to catch the harvest. And um, their preparation to catch the harvest and um, so, lo and behold, it was like, okay, God, I'm, uh, we're going to start, we're going to start home groups up here, you know, and for the first time. And um, I kid you not, and we didn't orchestrate this. Like it's only God does this stuff. I think it was either that Sunday when I was teaching on home groups and we kicked it off, or it was that same week. It was February twenty second, two twenty two. 
And um, it was just kind of like, okay, another confirmation. This is, this is what God's about. He's about relationship. He's about building us together for his Holy Spirit to dwell and to remain in the midst of our relationship. And uh, that's, you know, in our society and, and, and how our Western society is built up, the home groups right now are the best way to do it. And, it, you know, and I'm going to go through a little bit um, about, you know, why home groups? Why, why do we need to be part of home groups? And um, where, whether you're a first-time visitor here or if you've been here for years and you're not part of a home group or whatever, this is, you know, we're supposed to be connected more than just on a Sunday morning service level. You know, because we can really only get to know each other so far on Sunday mornings or any kind of church meetings or conferences and stuff like that. We were built, God designed us to do life together, you know. Um, so anyways, you know, and, and just to kind of share a little bit, going back to the vision that the Lord's given uh given us as, you know for this church you guys remember it we don't talk we don't talk about it as much as we really should <laughs> you know we don't make the the vision too plain and clear sometimes but do you guys remember does anybody remember what our vision statement or vision or what what god has put on the calling of this church does anybody remember what the three things Seek the presence of the Lord. We are about that one thing, right? To pursue his presence, that we will not compromise pursuing his presence, seeing his presence come in our midst above all things. He's the guest of honor. All right, do you guys remember what the second one is? Equip the saints. Equip the saints. Oh, you, we got the A student right here. <laughs> yeah, okay. And we have been doing that. You guys remember, you know, uh, the Lord's been speaking to us about and uh, giving us dreams and stuff about equipping the saints this, this past year. And that's what we've been doing. We've been having those equipping workshops. And you guys have been really stepping out and doing awesome stuff and the prophetic and healing. And we want to do some deliverance equipping. We want to do some evangelism equipping, um, some real pr just practical stuff. And uh, But the third one is if you... and. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know, is, uh, you know, building a healthy community. We want to build a healthy community here. Morningstar, Wilmington, God wants us to build a healthy community because in a healthy community, these things can be sustained. And um, so one of those ways of doing it is through home groups. So why home groups? Number one, we were made and designed by God for relationship. Everything God does, it's all about relationship. It's either the, the end result is relationship or it's like that's the purpose of why he initiates something. It's for relationship, always. You know, like we were talking about before, God, he gave us, there is a need inside of us to be in right relationship, to be in intimate fellowship with him and then also with one another. What was the one thing that God said was not good in his creation? That man should be alone. He designed us not to be alone. He designed us to be in fellowship with one another. He ultimately, his ultimate goal was relationship. His ultimate goal was family, right? What if Adam and Eve, they never sinned? What would we have ended up in the garden? What would have happened? What? We'd all be there, and who would be our father and our mother, our great-grandfather, great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather? Who would it be? It would be Adam and Eve, right? We would be one gigantic family. That was God's intent from the beginning, right? Guess what? You guys know this, and you know when you go to heaven, it's not going to be, we're not going to be separated by churches and denominations and all this other craziness and you know countries and all this. We're going to be one gigantic family, and we're going to enjoy the Father, our Father, together as a family, as brothers and sisters. That's what it's going to be like. And that's ultimately, like right now, that is part of our calling as the body of Christ, as the church, is to be in right relationship with one another, to be brothers and sisters. How many of you guys have brothers and sisters? 
How many of you guys are like your brothers and sisters? No, you, if you met my brother, you'd be like, man, Paul, are you guys related? What in the world? But we have this common denominator. We have the same father. And that one thing is more important than anything else when it comes to be, you know, our, the, the things that like we're similar about. But anyway, so the first thing, you know, we're, we're, we were created to be in right relationship and fellowship with God. We were created and formed to be in right relationship with others. You know, the first was accomplished by what Jesus did on the cross. He removed the sin that separated us from having that close, intimate relationship with him. And the second is accomplished in the church. This new family where we are now children together of God, brothers and sisters, we have the same spiritual DNA of our Father by the Holy Spirit. So, um, you know, church is going to, like, look so different in the future. It's already looking a lot different just because of situation, the pandemic, and all this other craziness. But it's going to look a lot different. It's going to look more like family. God is ultimately taking us towards family, the church. And... um Anyway, so so let's um, so we were designed. We were we were created to have relationship with one another, you know. And we talked about it. It's like um, there's only so far you can go on Sunday morning of knowing one another, of really walking and and being a family on Sunday morning, seeing each other for like what two hours once a week. You know, we really don't get into each other's lives. We don't really help each other. We don't really get to know each other. I remember when we started first having a home group um, here, we, uh, I mean, so we were, we were having church for about five years. There were people in our home group that I knew for those five years. I didn't even know how they got saved. But, like, when we started having a home group, we started, like, finding out each other's, like, life and started, like, wow, this is crazy. I've known you for five years and I didn't even know how you met the Lord. <laughs> Man, we must not have been very good friends, you know. <laughs> but like, uh, but I just, it just went to show me. It's like, man, we've got to get serious about relationship, you know. We've got to get serious about building what God's building. And um, so anyways, so we were made for it. There is something within you and I that needs fellowship. Some of us more than others, <laughs> based on our personality. But there is something within us that longs for and is searching for, and the Bible calls it the Greek, it's called koinonia, this fellowship with one another. And it's more than just like hanging out. It's more than just like, I don't know, like when you're in the world or whatever, I guess, lack of a better term, drinking buddies or, you know, it's more than just like friendship. It's even more than just family. It's deeper than that. And we have the potential as the church to experience this koinonia fellowship together that will satisfy, that we were made for that we were, we were made to be connected to one another, whether we like it or not. <laughs> and that koinonia of fellowship, and, and you guys probably experienced it many times. I remember times, there were times when I've been in home groups throughout my walk with the Lord where our small little group of whatever, 12 or 20, the Lord shows up in our midst and he starts doing stuff, starts healing people. He starts just, his presence is so tangible that people are on the floor bawling because they're overwhelmed by the presence of God. Those moments, I mean, they're, they're etched in my history with the Lord. And those people, I'm connected forever with them. Because we experience the supernatural father together. You know, when my kids, when they hang out and they, they're playing with me, their father, there's a bonding that goes on in, in the midst of their relationships because of me, because of interacting with me. The same is with our heavenly father. When we interact with him together, we experience him together. It's like this glue that helps us stay family. 
right? Have you guys experienced this? Well, if you haven't, there is the potential for you <laughs> to experience it. That is the purpose of the church, is, to, is for God to equip us and to build us at Ephesians 2.22, build these you know, burnt stones together into this house for his presence and his Holy Spirit to dwell in our midst so that when we go out, that the kingdom overtakes the world. And it's through our relationship. It's not through some program. It's not through some Sunday service. It's through our relationship. We would go out as a home group, and I, I've told you guys a bunch of these stories. We'd go out to Mayfair. We'd go out to the mall, and we saw together when we worked and we had this relationship with one another, we saw the Holy Spirit do some crazy stuff out there. Here in Wilmington, transforming people's lives at Mayfair, in the mall, at Walmart. And it was done within our relationships together, us going out together, loving one another. The Holy Spirit had a place to move in our midst. That is what we're about. We want to see the Holy Spirit show up in our midst, don't we? We want to see Holy Spirit show up in Wilmington in a powerful way to transform hearts here in Wilmington and beyond. I believe we're supposed to go into Onslow County. I, be- I believe we're supposed to reach the Marine bases and all that stuff. We did at one, one time. And I think it's going to continue. I think it's going to revamp again. And, um, but it's not going to happen any other way but by His presence and by His Spirit contained in our relationship, you know. All right, so that's number one. We were created for it. You need it, whether you know it or not. (laughs) You need fellowship. You need a koinonia fellowship. You were designed for it. People seek for it. You can see it in society. People look for it in, in all the wrong places, right? They're looking for love in all the wrong places. They're looking to fill this need, these two needs, First, the, you know, the intimate relationship with the Father, but also real right relationship with one another. You know, when I was growing up, um, you know, I kind of, when I, I wasn't walking really with the Lord when I was in my teenage years, and I was pursuing, I was looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> and, um, and I had friends, and I remember, like, I had friends who were like this, like kind of a the part of the hippie group or whatever, and they would follow the they would follow the Grateful Dead. This is when Jerry Garcia was still alive, but they would follow the Grateful Dead. They would follow Fish. You guys know who Fish is. And I would talk to them about it, and I would go to some concerts. You know, I've never actually been to a Dead concert, but um, similar, similar concerts. And there is this community there. And there's this, like, weird kind of facade of family they share with one another. They love one another. You know, there's this weird thing. But, you know, and the Lord talked to me about it, and he said, and, and he said that they're pursuing what that need that I, I put in them for fellowship, for family. And, I, you know, some of you guys aren't going to, like, fish concerts and looking for that kind of stuff and all that, but some of you are. And not that they're bad. Well, some of them are bad, but... <laughs> I don't recommend going to, but anyway, I love, I love some of the Grateful Dead now. But like, you know, we can see it in society. You know, the, the counterfeit to the church is communism, is socialism. And um, that's the, the enemy's counterfeit to the church, where there's this facade of sharing with one another, with being family, with taking care of one another. But it's really about control. And removal of God, obviously, man-centered. So, the church is the antidote. This it is what is uh, the design of what we need. We need it. We've been created for it. Number two, it's biblical. Acts two forty-two. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now, that's where we get that word koinonia. That fellow, that word fellowship there in the Greek is koinonia, and it means to have this intimate sharing, participation, family, and. Um, it's biblical. God calls us to be in this type of relationship with one another. And I want to read the, the Amplified here because 
Here's a key to this. This is, this is where people get tripped up a little bit when it comes to this. This is Amplified 242. And they steadfastly persevered, devoting themselves constantly to the instruction and the fellowship of the apostles to the breaking of bread and prayers. So I want to point out, steadfastly persevered. How many of you guys know that when you are in a relationship with your family members or your brothers and sisters, sometimes you've got, you have to steadfastly persevere to stay in relationship with them. But you're still family. You don't just say, oh gosh, you offended me. Oh gosh, I got to deal with uncle blah, 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 or whatever thing. You know, all that kind of stuff we joke about. Like, you don't just like disown them. They're, you're still family. You put up with it. You persevere. Well, guess what? We've got to do the same thing. We've got to learn to do the same thing. To put up with one another. <laughs> to love one another. We've got tons of practice to learn to love one another. Because guess what? We're all, we're all imperfect. We all have issues. We all sin against one another. But we need to persevere when this stuff happens. We need to be steadfast about it. We need to devote ourselves to one another. A commitment to one another in relationship. We need to stop being so flaky that when somebody offends us in the church that we run away and we, I don't want to deal with that. I'm going to go to this other home group because, you know, Billy over there and this other home group, he offended me. I'm going to, I'm going to go to this other home group or I'm going to go to this other church. They offended me here. When you know that God has called you to be rooted and planted in that group, in that body, you will willingly disobey what God's telling you to do because you got offended. When God many times puts those type of people in your path to grow you up so that you would be able to step into the fullness, into the responsibility of the calling God has on your life. And you just go around the mountain. You go to another home group. You go to another church. This person that, man, he seemed to be just like that other person that offended me. He offends me. Or that person who's just like my boss and all the bosses I've ever had, man, I got to stay away from this person. <laughs> and you jump ship and you just jump from one place to another and to another and to another and you never grow. You like cancel God's plan, your growth plan. <laughs> because you can't commit to relationship with one another. I know this might be kind of a heavy message here with this, but man, we are so flaky sometimes, myself included. But God specifically places people in our lives to grow us. And if you ever want to step into the fullness of which God called you to do in this life, the whole reason why you're still breathing right now, embrace his plan. Now, I'm not saying don't like get abused by people. That's totally, that's not what I'm talking about. Spiritual abuse and all that, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm talking about getting offended by your brother and sister and jumping ship. So there's a principle here that like is huge, and I think that's why God designed us to kind of get, you know, devote one another while the early church they met in homes and they would they would build a relationship with one another they would really live life together they would know their kids they would go you know to their kids graduation their kids you know they were family and i truly believe that is one of the reasons why god moved in such power is because they had relationship to sustain it and um, if you guys can hear this, I've been, we, you know, I've been praying over our church for many years now, and, and this is a principle that, like, the, I really feel like the Lord's kind of says that, like, He's He is so ready. He wants to to pour out more than He's poured out here, and He's waiting though for the right timing, and that timing has to do with relationship, because if He pours it out. 
when relationship isn't there to sustain it, it's just going to be poured out. But he wants to pour out something and he wants it to remain and he wants it to, to affect our region. And uh, it's going to be done through relationship. That's why like, we kind of harp so much about home groups in like, relationship here is because we want to see God move. <laughs> the benefit, that's one of the awesome benefits of us committing to one another in relationship is seeing the Holy Spirit move in power. Yeah. All right, so it's biblical. Number three, it helps us to grow. We talked a little bit about this. It all, you know, helps us to grow in, in, in the sense that like iron sharpens iron, right? We really do have opportunities to learn how to love. You know, um, you guys, you probably heard us share this before. Bob Jones, he had an experience. He went to heaven, and he's, he's, there's like this line of people going to see, you know, see Jesus, and he gets up to Jesus, and, and out of everything that Jesus could have said, he, he just asked Bob this one question. He's like, have you learned how to love? And that's really the question that we need to be asking ourselves too. Guess what, home groups, guess what, being connected in the church, you're going to learn how to love <laughs> if you devote yourself and commit yourself to it. And it's also just an awesome place for you guys to grow in your gifts. You know, a lot of you guys, we've been talking about the prophetic a lot. We've been equipping and doing a lot of training with the, the prophetic and healing and stuff like that. Home group just like an, is an awesome place to practice. You know, you can practically practice how to prophesy. You can practically practice how to pray for the sick, how to speak in tongues, how to do all these things, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You can practically practice this stuff. Home group is such an awesome place to do that. That's when you see, like, you know, Sunday mornings, there's only so much opportunity to grow and to do, practically do stuff. Home groups is an awesome place for you guys to grow in, in these things that, that you're being equipped in and to step out and to go higher and to grow in those giftings. You know, we've been talking to, like, in our, our home group this uh, past six months, we've really grown. We've been talking about the prophetic a lot. We've been really going after the Lord, the prophetic. And I mean, we are seeing some awesome stuff. People getting words of knowledge, people getting healed. And we were having, this was over Zoom. And I'll be honest, I was like, God, how are you going to do this? I don't want to do Skype, Zoom, or whatever. But he did it. And he used it. And it was awesome. And, we, and he's, the Holy Spirit still moved. <laughs> But it was an awesome opportunity for people just kind of like, hey, we loved each other. It was a safe place for people who are maybe not, they were unsure about, you know, stepping out about certain things and they would step out and they would be like, whoa, God is speaking. That's crazy story. I mean, this is, this is awesome. Like, uh, I'm going to pick on uh, Joel um, a little bit. He, uh, we were praying for, we've been praying for our kids. The Lord spoke to us about just targeting our kids and just, we just been going through each one of them alphabetically, you know, all we, there's like out of the midst of all of us, there's like, I don't know, 12, 15 kids or something. So we just been going through all of them and we got to, you know, Annabelle was first, my, it was my daughter. And uh, so we just started praying and we started getting words for them and just praying over them. And um, Joel gets this thing where like, he's like, yeah, I really see, I, I really see um, Annabelle is supposed to, uh, I saw her playing this wind instrument. Now, Annabelle just told me earlier that day that she wanted to learn the clarinet, okay? Joel knows nothing of this. He doesn't even know that Annabelle's doing any musical instrument. He's like, I really see like the Lord. And I, and I pressed him. I was like, what are you seeing? What's the wind instrument? He said, I'm seeing a clarinet. <laughs> And I, we were just like, what? That's awesome. I mean, this is like huge. You know, uh, Joel was like stepping out in this way, you know, getting this accurate word of knowledge. And we told Annabelle, obviously, and like she was just blown away. And I mean, it was just God. And then we got a free clarinet out of, I mean, it was just, just God. And like, but that was that Koinonia fellowship. We were experiencing God together. And I'll always remember that. Me and Joel will always joke about that or just always We'll have that bond there of experiencing the Father together. And um, anyways, that's just one of the many things. 
But this is like where real life can take place. This is where we can experience God together. This is where we can get vulnerable and we can pursue God together. You know, on Sunday morning, sometimes it's hard to really get vulnerable, to show how hungry you really are for the Lord and to get desperate. In home groups, it's an awesome opportunity for, for you guys just in a small group to go after God together in worship and in prayer or whatever and see God show up. We used to hold like uh, worship uh, stuff at my house and we were just a small group and we would just go after God and God would show up and we would have people bawling. I would be bawling. I mean, God's presence was so strong and it built this koinonia fellowship. It built this bond, this relationship that I have with those people that is not easily broken. Man, could you imagine if we all got real on Sunday mornings and just just got real and were just showing our desperation for God, our hunger for God? I mean, the place would be on fire. But I'm I'm encouraging you as we get hooked into home groups. This is going to happen in a core. It's going to affect our corporate gatherings. It will. I guarantee it will. I remember when we started uh, home groups. Um, you know, whatever, that was 2010, 11, the 222. And we started having home groups, and it was like God was just sending people and people. I mean, our home group was a small church. It was like 30 people. We were like, man, what do we do, God? What do we do at this point? And we, you know, we divided it up, and we planted other home groups. But, like, there was such a, we saw the hunger of, of God, of, of people wanting fellowship and wanting to experience God together. And I noticed on Sunday mornings, our worship got more, I don't want to say better, because it's not about being better. It's more impactful. Or it's like we went further together on Sunday morning in worship than we had ever gone before. And it's because our relationship was being built. We trusted one another. We were getting, we, it was okay to show that we were desperate with one another. Oh, what are people, what are they going to think about me? All that stuff was like going away and people got hungry. And I'm telling you, if you get hungry people together, you got to move the Holy Spirit. He's attracted to hunger more than anything, I think. All right. So it helps us grow. All right. Let's go uh, move on next. So God designed us for interdependence. We were designed for interdependence. You need me, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and I need you, whether I like it or not. He created us to need one another. Now, not to be codependent. You guys know what I'm saying by that, where we are constantly just sucking the life out of one another. Now, at the same time, there is a season for codependency, and that's like when, especially like brand new believers and stuff, there's a period where, you know, you're discipling and you're training them to eat for themselves and all that stuff. But as a whole, the body, we're not, we're, we're called to be interdependent. We need each other. You know, God, he spoke very clearly to me early on my walk. When I was doing that, when I came back to the Lord, he was like, Paul, you've got to get connected to the body. You've got to be connected. And he told me, he warned me. He said, you will never step into the fullness of your calling unless you're connected to the body, my body. I was like, oh, gosh, okay. And he, and he broke it down for me. I mean, let's, we'll, we'll turn to it here. Um, Joshua 1.14. Uh, if you guys got your Bibles, we can turn there. So it says, you know, they're right about to enter in the promised land, right? This is at the very beginning. Moses had died. Joshua was leading the, the crew. And he's speaking to, uh, you know, two of the tribes here, actually three of the tribes. Um, you're, and he says, your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you beyond the Jordan, but you shall cross ahead of your brothers in battle formation, all of your valiant warriors, and shall help them until the Lord gives your brothers rest as he is giving you, and they also possess the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you may return to your land and take possession of that which Moses' servant the Lord gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise." So you had a couple of tribes that wanted the land that was on the uh, the one side of the Jordan, and uh, and then the rest of them were going to enter into Canaan, uh, that were where their promised land was for the, their land to take over, and 
Moses kind of made this deal with, with these tribes saying that you can't hang out in your promised land until you fight to see your brothers get their promised land. And um, the Lord was kind of like showing me this and he was showing me that like you need to be connected because the brothers that I and the sisters I'm going to place around you, they're going to fight for you on your behalf and they're going to help you step and take the promise, the calling that I have for you in your life. Now, this is the same for all of us. It's designed this way. This is a picture. This is an Old Testament picture of the church. So we're called to have one another's back. We were called to fight for one another, to see each of us enter into the calling that God has in for our lives. And it's done through relationship. We will never enter into the fullness of what God has promised us without being in relationship and connected to his body. You know, we saw a lot of this in, in home group. And, you know, we, can, we do it on Sunday mornings to some degree, but when you really get to know people, you really get to know their stuff, their struggles, their um, challenges, you know, their gifts, all these things. When you actually spend time with one another consistently, you're really getting to know all of them, warts and all. You start walking life together with them, and there you see all these areas that they just need breakthrough in, that they even been praying for over and over and over again, and they don't ever see breakthrough in. And the Lord spoke to me about this, and he said, like, Paul, like, start praying. It's the two or three um, come in agreement uh, prayer. And so we started doing that. We started breaking into small groups, and we just began to target things in people's lives where they needed breakthrough, where they weren't seeing breakthrough. They had all the big-name pastors pray for them. They're still not seeing breakthrough. They, and we started praying the prayer of agreement. You know, you guys know the prayer of agreement? There are two or more gathered, touching anything on earth, whatever you ask. My Father, it will be done for you. So we started praying together, and man, we were seeing tremendous breakthrough. It was like God endorsing relationship. He's like, Paul, I love when you guys get each other's back. When you do this, Joshua 1, when you see your brothers haven't entered into the promise yet, and you get behind them, and you get their back, and you are committed to them in relationship, until, and you fight for them until they receive the promise that I have for them. I mean, we saw crazy stuff. I remember this one. This is kind of a funny story. But we had uh, this one, one couple, and the, uh, the, the wife, she was nine, uh, she was over nine months pregnant. I mean, she was, just, she was ready to pop, you know, but she wasn't popping, <laughs> if you guys know what I mean. And, and they were stressing over it, and like um, the doctors were saying all this stuff, you know, giving all the bad news and all this craziness, and uh, she was so distraught over it. And I was like, okay, so let's pray. Let's pray the prayer of agreement over her. So we, that's what we did. We prayed at one home group meeting. We just laid hands over her, laid hands over her, the baby, and we just prayed, and we just commanded her to go into labor. Guess what? That night happened. She went into labor. Perfectly healthy baby. The, pay, the prayer of agreement. It's not about just like, you know, the power. Or this, it's, not, it's not about the power. It's about the relationship if you know what I'm saying. The relationship that we built, I had that connection with that person and the other two that we prayed over her that we'll never forget. We had this history together, experiencing the Father together, this glue in our relationship, this family. It's ingrained in my, in my history with God now. I'm a true, firm believer in relationship with one another, healthy relationship with one another. God's power shows up. It's released. It's that building, the Ephesians 2.22, he's building us together for the power of the Holy Spirit to be released in our midst where we see breakthrough for one another, where we get each other's back and we fight for one another until we see each other step into the promises God has for us. 
I'm running out of time here. I'm just going to go through this real quick. God designed us for that interdependence too. You guys know 1 Corinthians 12, 13. You know the picture about the body of Christ. We are all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. And I'm just going to kind of skip through it, even so that the body is not made of, of one part, but of many. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. The Apostle Paul, through the Holy Spirit, was saying that you cannot do life without being connected to the body. You cannot say to your fellow brother and sister who you, God has called you to be connected with, I don't need you. I can do this on my own. Just like my eyeball and my hand can't say that to one another. That's what he's basically saying here. We were made to be interdependent. We like our independence here, though, in America, right? Relationships are hard. Relationships are messy. But we were designed because, not because God's, like, punishing us. <laughs> that sounds so terrible. But, you know, some people think it is punishment. Man, i got to go there. i got to... I got to deal with what so and so, and I'm just being real with you guys. And it's really like, no, like we get to be in relationship with one another because we're getting to know each other not according to the flesh, but to, by the Spirit. We're beginning to see who God's called each one of us to be, seeing the Holy Spirit inside of you and inside of me. Because there's things in you that you might not even know that you have that God's put in you that is going to benefit and help me and the others. And this stuff comes out in home group, in intimate and close relationship. Where we start seeing one another prophetic, we, we start seeing one another according to the spirit and not the flesh. And we start seeing that who these people really are and who they're called to be and the gifts that are inside of them. Because most of us have no idea what's inside of us, really. We're getting to know it progressively as we're walking with the Lord. All right, so we are not called to be codependent. We were called to be interdependent. We were made to need each other. We were made to get each other's back. And, you know, this is, it's, this is for our protection as well. We, you know, we need to really be on guard from the enemy because the one thing that he's trying to do, first off, the enemy knows that the church has been given the keys of the kingdom, right? And that know that the gates of hell cannot withstand it. He knows that he cannot take the church on head on, right? Because he's been stripped of power by the cross and the keys have now been given to the church. So when the church, when he confronts the church, he will be defeated every time. So how does he come at us? First Peter 5, 8, be well-balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant, be vigilant and cautious at all times. For the enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. And you guys have, you know how a lion hunts. If you watch Nature Channel or whatever, you know how a lion hunts. What does he do? What does a lion do? How does he hunt his prey? He what? He stalks them. What's his strategy? How does, he, how does he attack? Does he go straight for the herd? And what's he trying to do? He's trying to separate them. You guys have seen this in your, if you've been walking in the church long enough, you've seen this over and over, the hand of the enemy doing the same thing. He's like looking for people who are offended, looking for people who are weak, in their faith, and he just tries to like swipe them away from the body so he can devour them. I've seen it over and over and over again. I've seen strong men of God get sideswiped by the enemy, separated from the body because of offense or because of sin, other things too, and just get completely taken out. It's so sad. So this is, a, this is a protection for us. God designed us to be together, you know? And Proverbs 18.1, is also protects us from pride. He who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. You know, think about it this way. I know this is a gr gruesome kind of picture, but I think it's this serious. If I just saw it off my arm right now, 
and I just left it on the floor and I went home. Will my body survive if I go to the hospital? Yeah, I will. Will that arm survive? No. It will shrivel up and get gangrene. All the, you know, <laughs> I don't want to get too graphic about it, but, but that is the seriousness of what happens when we separate ourselves. Now, you can still, I, hear me out on this. I, I really believe that you can even be going to the church Sunday mornings and still be separated from the body. You could show up. I know people that go to these huge seeker-friendly churches because they don't want to be noticed. They don't want to be. They don't want to commit to relationship. They want to do the church thing. Now I know tons of people go to these seeker-friendly churches that are that love the Lord and they're all about it and they're seeking relationship too. You know, we need to be careful. And I feel like the Lord wants to, as we're kick-starting back home groups again. I feel like the Lord wants to, um, first off, just invite us to get to to commit to relationship again for some that maybe haven't i know we're missing a lot of people today so maybe they can hear over uh, the podcast as well but i really believe that if you feel like this is your home church if you feel like god we're not in the business of control we don't want to control anybody we want you to be planted and established where god has called you to be and if it's not morning star that's cool but get planted where God wants you to be. But the whole point is be planted, be established in relationship. So if you really feel like this is your home church, if you feel like God has called you to Morningstar Wilmington to put the hand to the plow here, I encourage you, get involved, get involved with home groups, get committed to relationship with one another because you're going to be spinning your wheels here until that happens, until you get in a real relationship with one another. God's called you here for a reason or wherever he's called you to be, to be in relationship with those people. Because in the midst of that relationship, he's building together his home, his house, for him to dwell by his Holy Spirit. I want to see the Spirit of God move in power here. He's shown me many times. He's shown tons of you guys. We, you some of you guys have given me awesome dreams of God moving in tremendous power here. There's a prophecy that I am holding on to and I am battling with, that Derek Prince prophecy that God's going to move in eastern North Carolina and we're going to be part of it. I didn't come here to Wilmington to, to work for the hospital. I came to Wilmington because God said he was going to move here. And I said, God, don't send me here if you're not going to move here. And he said, I'm going to move here. He wants to move here. But he's going to do it in relationship. It's like that new wineskin that's going to hold the wine. It's like the net that's going to hold the catch. Our relationship with one another. So I really feel like if, if they're just... Ask the Holy Spirit. He might be talking to you already about this. If you feel like there's been... Like you've kind of been offended in the past or, or like you've been hurt. You've been legitimately hurt in the past. In church, I guarantee all of us have been there. <laughs> but, but it's really affected you and you can't get over it. I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying like he wants to bring healing today. He wants to heal your heart. He wants you to try again because you will never, he loves you. He wants to see you step in the fullness of what he's created you to do and to be. And that will never happen outside of his design. So I encourage you guys, Let's just ask the Lord right now just to search our hearts <laughs> and to, to release healing in any areas. So, Lord, Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're here. Thank you that you're in our midst now, that you're building us together for you to be here in more and more power and love. And, Lord, that is our desire. We want to see you move here in a sustained way that you would move and keep on moving, that you would affect Wilmington and beyond. You would affect our families. You would affect our children. You would affect our coworkers. You would affect our neighbors. That your presence and your power and your love would invade Wilmington. It would impact Wilmington. Your kingdom would impact Wilmington and beyond. Pender County, Onslow County, Brunswick County, that Derek Prince prophecy, Lord, that you would move in eastern North Carolina. You would move at the coast. We want that, God. We want to contend for that. 
That's why we're here. That's why you called us to Wilmington. That's why some of you guys are here right now. You're not Wilmingtonian. Some of you are. But a lot of you have been called here for this purpose, to contend for his move. So, Lord, we want to do it. We want to do it by your design, your bot through. We want to walk in the power of your Holy Spirit and the love of your Holy Spirit together in relationship, God. So we just pray right now, Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would just be moving in our hearts, bring healing to our hearts. Anytime anybody has wounded us, sinned against us, any, any brothers or sisters that have wronged us, Lord, we release them right now. Even if it was just a little thing, we release it. Lord, we don't want any offense to stum- be a stumbling block to what you have for us. And forgive us, Father, for unforgiveness. Forgive us for holding on to the past and staying there and getting parked there. We want to move forward into the fullness of your calling. We want to run that race forward, God, not backward. So Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray you would just touch hearts, touch hearts. Bring healing right now. Any wounds, Lord, any sheep bites, Lord, bring healing right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just pray you give us a heart for one another, that, Lord, that we really would be like the Israelites, Lord. We would have each other's back, where we would fight and be committed to one another to see each other walk into the fullness of the promise that you have for each one of our lives. Help us, Lord. We can't do this on our own. (laughs) We need you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your help. You are the helper. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, well, guys, uh, 